This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Greg McMichael, I'm looking around, and we've got the same headsets as we usually do. We've got the same computer set up here, but we are not in the Braves Alumni Lounge. We have a very different view here today, don't we? We do. We're looking out over the desert, um, and we've got some big old mountains, and and uh, the Las Vegas Strip is a little bit different. A little bit different. Dreams are, quote-unquote, being made <laughs> out all up and down these streets that we're seeing out here. So we're out here at the, behind the Braves. We're coming to you live from the winter meetings uh, at the Mandalay Bay. And uh, we just had a great guest on. That's our, our guest here today, uh, Perry Manazian from the Braves front office. And um, relatively new, I guess you could say. And he joined us last year, I believe it was. Yep, 2017. Yeah, yeah. So it was great to get him on. Um, you know, we obviously we had Alex Anthopoulos on, the general manager, earlier, earlier in Behind the Braves. But uh, one of the things we want to do is we want to start – getting some more of the front office guys and personnel on here so that you, the fans, can get to know them a little bit, you know, and get to know what they're about and their background. And I think Perry was an uh, excellent, excellent way to uh, kind of get that started of, of, of people other than, the, the, you know, the guy at the top. And, you know, Perry's right there in, in the mix, of, of course, too. For sure. Well, Perry um, is the vice president of baseball operations and assistant general manager. And he's got a really interesting story, which we hope you guys will – will uh, enjoy, but uh, I think to, to be able to tell the, the real story of the team and the organization, you know, our, our podcast is Behind the Braves, you really need to get to know some of these guys and some of the people in the organization that that make tough decisions day in and day out about our team and, and um, ultimately where our organization is going, so it was great to spend some time with Perry. Um, I think uh, he, had some, he had some really good things to say. I think you get a real good feel for where we're headed, who we are, and what's going on in the front office, which, you know, Braves fans don't get a whole a whole lot of time. You hear Alex and interviews and things like that, but to sit down with someone like Perry really gives you some good insight. Absolutely. And that and that is it, you you know, we hear the we hear from the the guy, you know, we'll hear from Snit, we'll hear from Alex, we'll hear from some of those folks, but it's really important, I think, to understand really how this whole process works, how a team is put together to start to know some of the other people because it's it's not it's it's an entire team above the team that's that's doing all this right. that's doing all this work that's doing all the legwork for you know research on free agents or or trying to lay the groundwork for trades or all that stuff or even tomorrow before we leave the the rule 5 draft i mean there's an entire team a really really smart really good team that we have here in this front office that are working together on this and it's uh it it's the more of those folks that we can present to you the fan Braves country the better i think yeah and and you know alex gets the um, you know, gets the publicity on making the decisions, but it's truly a collaborative effort when you see how he's put people around him that he trusts, people around him that help him make the best decision. And so I think as, as you get to see Perry, you know, uh, you get to hear him, you'll understand more about what his strengths are. Uh, it seems relationally he's very strong, and I think he gives Alex some insight there with his connections and with people and how he relates to people in the organization. Yeah, and that's when I was telling folks that we were going to have Perry on uh, back in Atlanta, telling some folks I work with. It was interesting the number of them that all said that, that he is Perry has come up and not you know just come up to their desk just to get to know him a little bit, not to say just to talk about the day. You know, how was thank how was your Thanksgiving? How was you know what's 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 your family like? <laughs> And these aren't people that are in baseball ops or anything. It's just people that are in the office. And that, but but that's what he does is he builds relationships and wants to get to know everybody in the office around him. And as you're going to hear today, that's obviously he talks a lot about it. That seems to be the most important thing to him, and I, I think it's uh, with good reason. 
So yeah, and I think back about our other assistant general managers that we've had over the years. I think that's just a role that people don't really understand what they do, and understand what their role is and 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 how they help the organization. Every club has one, but um, it's just it's one of those roles that are that's key, but it just kind of flies under the radar. It's that guy that that's there doing something, but you don't really know what. So I think that's I think that was our 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 role today was to try to figure out how can we learn more about you know who Perry is and then exactly what he does. Yeah. And with that said, it's now time for you to get to know who Perry is. So here he is on behind the Braves, Perry Manazian. Well, hey, Perry. Um, good to see you today. Good I know to you've you. been busy. So uh, we appreciate you being on Behind the Braves. Typically, we're in Atlanta. We're in the Alumni Lounge. But today, we're in Las Vegas at the winter meetings. So glad you could join us. We've been meaning to, um, you know, Ricky and I had set out. We did spend a little bit of time with Alex back at the end of the season. But we, um, I think with the landscape of the, the game, the way it is today, the way the organization has evolved in the last few years with a lot of new signings, and, and you had a promotion, right? Right. So congratulations. Thank you. And uh, so I think we've been, we've in our minds, we thought, okay, we, we would like to sit down with you and Alex and, um, you know, Jason and, and just understand more about what you got to do because Braves country, uh, they don't really know a whole lot. You've been in the game a long time, right. and hopefully we'll get into some of that. But they don't know a whole lot about you, so uh, so we've been definitely wanting to want to uh, get together and chat a little bit and and uh, see see what's been going on and and just kind of understand a little bit more where we are in the organization. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. So just uh, just to to that end, I mean, a typical day for you and your responsibilities in the front office, just for for Braves country to to kind of hear about it. What is a typical day like for you, if there is such a right. thing? Right. Yeah. There's no <laughs> there's no real typical day. A lot of it depends on the calendar. Um, you know, whether you whether it's in the off season, in season, whether it's draft. You know, obviously draft is in June. Whether it's international, which is July. So a lot of it depends on the calendar, but there's no really set day to day tasks uh things change so quick in this game and um i think the biggest thing for me um because alex obviously the gm uh, he's spread thin you know he has to do a lot of things whether it's media whether it's business side ownership um i really take pride in staff and staff development and communication and i take that upon myself not that he doesn't but i take it upon myself on a daily basis to really connect um, with the people in the office because you're only as good as your people so um, you know but from a day-to-day standpoint it depends on the calendar it depends where you are on the winning cycle I'll give you a perfect example so this season um, I don't think anybody expected I didn't ex- I, I didn't expect us to play the way we played uh, win the NL East my the way I looked at things I would probably do a little more amateur draft a little more uh, more involved in the international side uh, more involved in player development on a daily basis um, and actually be there boots on the ground I spent a lot of time with the big league club um, creating relationships with the manager coaches players and going into the season I didn't necessarily expect that the way we got out of the gate the way we played in April um, ended up staring uh, myself on a daily basis to to the big league club so uh, but no no set don't arrive at eight don't leave at five it's a uh, <laughs> it's a 24-hour game uh, which I love I've been a part of this game for a long time I'm uh, the luckiest guy in the world in my opinion uh, but there's no real set duties on a day-to-day basis well I think we all all of us that have been in the game for a long time we felt like that we've got the best jobs in the world right. and you know, baseball has just always been intriguing to me. And then now being involved in it on a professional level, more on the business side, because I was a player, you know, on the on the baseball side, I, it really is still just as fascinating to me today. I still love to talk about it. Of course, we have all these alumni that want right. to know what's going on. And I've even, I've even, um, and I wanted to talk to you guys about this, is thought about there would a way to communicate with the alumni you know, maybe have some kickoff for the those guys Absolutely. would love that because they're always calling me saying, "What is going on? Right. Why, why, why? You know, you know, it's just I, you know, it's the, good. being in the game as long as I have, I there's a respect level that I have for guys that played 
um, previous. So uh, I've been I've been in baseball for over 30 years. Grew up in a locker room. Um, love being around coaches. Love being around managers. Love being around players. Love being around support staff, whether that's trainers, clubhouse guys. That's where you know that's that's my upbringing. Um, I have all the respect in the world for alumni, and I and whether you were the star player, whether you were the left-handed specialist out of the bullpen, especially successful teams, um, yeah, I just I think there should be a level of respect, um, and I think the Braves do a great job of that. You yourself and the team you have, you know, talking to the alumni that are here. I mean, it's I've been in other organizations. This one's as good, if not better, than any organization I've been with as far as how they handle alumni and. Uh, you know, from a communication standpoint, involvement standpoint, and hopefully, and again, first year you're kind of drinking out of a fire hose. I'm hoping this second year um, to spend more time and, like you said, some type of kickoff. Maybe it's a monthly conference call. Maybe it's, um, you know, there's different ways to where – because they're connected. They watch. They follow. They know the game. They have good opinions. I can give you examples when I was in Texas and when I was in Toronto. Um, we had Cito Gaston in Toronto. It was the trade deadline in 2015. We were six games behind the New York Yankees. Um, we Our run differential was pretty significant. We felt like we were a better team than our actual record. I remember having to sit down with Cito and saying, hey, what what do you think this team needs? And he nailed it. I mean, it was like boom, 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 boom. And the, he, he brought up a, a one piece that I thought was really interesting. We had a really good offensive team. It was a power-based team. Um, you know, he brought up speed and top of the order speed. And we nest, we, we did not really concentrate on that uh, for the two weeks leading up to the deadline. And, you know, with a week left, we turned our attention, um, you know, to acquiring that type of player. We ended up picking up Ben Rivera from Philadelphia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he hit leadoff for us and totally changed our lineup. So wow. I think there's a lot of knowledge there. There's a lot of experience. I call it wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Um, you try and find people that have both, and I think a lot of the alumni, especially in this organization, with the amount of winning, it's unbelievable. Having guys like Bobby Cox, John Sherholtz, uh, to be able to pick up the phone and call them at any point is its mind-blowing, really. Yeah, I've tried to reconcile in my mind the best way to create some sort of highway between, you know, the the great alumni that we have, the Hall of Famers, the All-Stars, guys who have teaching expertise that just know how to communicate, and the current, not team, but the current staff that maybe there's some way to help without stepping on too many toes or just just way how can you access that, the best of what guys have to offer and incorporate it any way you can and just have like a, a library or a database of things that, that guys that you know you could call this guy for this that for that because we right. have guys that really do have a lot to get they don't always know how to do it right you know because when you don't we haven't been in the game in a while you struggle with sure. how do i how do i tell this person this or give this information here when i don't really have an ad to do that so so that's something i've contemplated and tried to figure out so maybe that's something we yeah. can talk online Absolutely. on and I, to me a lot of it comes down to time spent yeah um you know, when you're in a room with people that love a common subject, which just speaking to some of the alumni, and I know people love the Atlanta Braves. Andrew Jones loves the Atlanta Braves. Played on other teams, loves the Atlanta. Chipper Jones loves the Atlanta Braves. You know, so to to be in a room talking about the same subject, having the same feelings about an organization, I think time spent is is where dialogue comes in and education. You know, right. them educating us on – on um, I didn't play. You know, so them educating us on what it's like to play on a daily basis, what it's like to pitch every five days, what it's like to be a reliever, pick, be up, pitch three days in a row, uh, be you know, dry humped in a bullpen. Um, I, I think there's there's an education piece of it. And education on our end, what's new in the game? You know, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of alumni that I've talked to aren't necessarily – there are some, but a lot of them are maybe are not up to date with the exact data that's being used. And I think when you educate people on exactly what you're looking at um, and you put it, you phrase it in a term that makes sense, it's less, and the, the wrong word is threatening, it's less of, um, I, I just think it, it creates conversation. Mm-hmm. I, did, I oh, think yeah. it creates conversation. And yeah. Chipper, 
Chipper's been in the box. I mean, he sat with us probably a handful of games, maybe even more. And he's very curious. He'll ask questions. Uh, he has his opinions, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll ask questions about certain statistics that maybe they didn't look at, you know, 15 years ago. Um, Andrew Jones, same thing. You know, how uh, we had a conversation, and he asked about defensive ratings. You know, just how do, how do they do that? And, you know, his would have been off the charts, obviously. Sure. They probably wouldn't have had a number high enough <laughs> for <laughs> his defensive <laughs> yeah, metrics. Right. But, um, you know, I think – I think there's just time spent to me is, is the way that to create that. Yeah. Well, in reading about your background, and you mentioned a few minutes ago you grew up in the locker room. Sure. I kind of gravitated towards that a little bit because I didn't grow up in baseball but grew up in the sports world in, a, in, a, in another another sport and just because of family involvement. In it, and it's now as an adult I kind of I kind of look look back and think about how much that shaped me and how right. that influenced me eventually led me back into the, the sports world professionally. Just tell us a little bit about your, your background, your family's background yeah. in it and growing up in, as you said, in the locker room. Sure. So, um, baseball family, grandfather, uh, was associated with baseball. Father worked in baseball uh, for a long time, worked with the LA Dodgers, worked with the Boston Red Sox, worked with the Texas Rangers for 25 years, uh, ran the clubhouse there, visiting side for seven uh, home side for 18 years. I have three brothers, um, two of us, uh, myself and two other, uh, two of my younger brothers work in baseball. One works for the Washington Nationals, works in the clubhouse end of things, uh, equipment. And then my youngest brother just took a job with the San Francisco Giants. So it's a baseball family. Um, it's in our blood. Every conversation <laughs> at dinner, lunch, breakfast, I feel bad for my mother. <laughs> uh, you know, it's um, – and – Growing up in the game, and, and these were before nepotism rules, so I am uh, I'm lucky the timing worked out. But you know, we all we I mean we were it was work, and my dad is uh, probably the most influential person in my entire life. Um, but he made me work, and he made all three of us work, and uh, we learned a lot. And from age eight to you know to obviously until I moved up into the office. Uh, Working in a locker, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. I clean bathrooms. Mm. Uh, people say, "How'd you start?" And ah, I worked in the locker room. Oh, that's awesome! And it was. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Right. But I cleaned. You bath. got great tips. Yo, man! I got <laughs> I, my my responsibility was the bathroom, and I cleaned bathrooms for fifty wow. grown men oh. before cleaning crews. Yeah. So um, it was not fun. It was the cleanest bathroom you've ever seen. Mm. I took pride in it, but. Uh, my older brother had the kitchen, and I remember every year I'd go to my dad and I'd say, "Please, can I switch? Can I do the kitchen? <laughs> hey, can you, I go to the laundry room?" You, and he said, "You know what? You're great at cleaning the bathrooms." So I was like, oh, "Okay." Hey, you literally started at the bottom. Oh yeah, no uh-huh. kidding. Yeah, no. So, but um, growing up in the locker room was around a lot of great people, very influential people. Tom Grieve was the first uh, general manager I had a chance to converse with. As good of a baseball man, as good of a person as you'll ever meet. Um, you know, he, he allowed me to be a ball boy, be a bat boy at eight years old, nine years old, uh, ask questions. And one thing I've never been shy about is asking questions. And uh, he was outstanding. Bobby Valentine, who was the manager at the time, uh, one of the most influential baseball people in my life, uh, was another who always took the time to explain things. Um, you know, as far as a baseball mind goes, I have not seen many uh, like that. I mean, he just sees the game in a different way. Uh, the energy, the presence, and just throughout the years, just Buck Showalter, you know, working with Buck Showalter. And uh, I, I actually transitioned from the clubhouse uh, to working in the office. I was his staff assistant. And and um, I equate working for Buck, to me, that was like going to Harvard for baseball. You know, just what he represents, his passion for the game, his knowledge for the game. Uh, I've been I've – been Beyond blessed, and, and probably one of the biggest influences in my baseball career, Mel Didier, who I um, was one of the first people I hired in Toronto when I jumped over from Texas to Toronto. Uh, outstanding person, uh, player development, scouting, was part of multiple expansion clubs, had seen it all, done it all. Um, you know, just being exposed to those people and players. I've got being on the visiting side early in my lifetime, I thought was was a looking back was a huge advantage for me seeing different teams and personalities and managers and what makes people tick and how you can have you know, a certain type of player that's 100 miles per hour and is a great player 
and how you can have someone who sleeps at his locker three minutes before a game starts, wakes up, grabs a bat, and goes hit a, you know, and, and leads off the game with a home run. So there was no one way of this is what makes a great player, this doesn't make a great player. I think there's all different factors that um, that make a player who they are and being exposed to that in, at an early age. And the same thing with coaches. You know, what what is coaching? You know, uh, there's some coaches that do a lot of verbal talking. There's some coaches that actually go on the field and teach and um, managers just when it's time to have a team meeting, when it's time to have a sit-down, when it's one-on-one, when you have to address the club, when something happens in a dugout and you need to address it or you lose the clubhouse. Just being in a, being in a locker room for 20-plus years and having the ability to witness all those things uh, has obviously shaped um, shaped who I am today from a baseball standpoint. Well, in reading, I read, I believe it was an article by uh, uh, Mark Bowman from MLB.com sure. that uh, gave some background on you when you, right. when you came to Atlanta. Um, there was a little tidbit in there about wrestling with Bo Jackson, and oh, I just yeah. need to hear you. I just need to hear that. So, so yeah, I read it in print, a, but I need to hear you I, Yeah, tell I've it. got – there's, you know, one of the things uh, – I love telling this story, and people didn't believe me at the time. <laughs> uh, but I have actually have a picture signed. It says, to meathead, best wishes, Bo Jackson. <laughs> and he was one of my favorites, probably top ten of all time. Um, so we used to always tease Bo when he come in the locker room, my brothers, Bo used to carry around a football and if you knocked it out of his arm, he'd give you money. If you didn't knock it out of his arm, he'd use his other hand and he could take a little swipe at you. (laughs) (laughs) So I used to hang from that football trying to, trying to loosen it. But, um, so we used to tease Bo all the time and he was great to talk to and, and spring training. I'll never forget a Port Charlotte bus stops. He was with, I think the White Sox at the time. He runs off. He walks off the bus. I'm standing there waiting for the bags. He sees me, come, tackles me. I'm on the ground. He starts jabbing me in the in the side and chest area. And he's not for him. It's not hard. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I but for, yeah. yeah for, you know, so <laughs> it's he's like baby Huey. Exactly. It's a little you know. There's a little WWF wrestling match, <laughs> or I guess it's WWE now. But um, so later that day, I'm walking around and I'm, I feel. You know, I, my chest is sore, my stomach, I'm bruised. I walk into my father's office and I lift up my shirt and I have bruises literally all over my body. So uh, that was on a Saturday. So we leave Sunday. My brothers and I, we go back home. Um, football physical is Monday. Oh, no. So, yeah, oh, so, oh, yeah. So I go to the physical on Monday. Uh, you have to take your shirt off. They have to check. And these, then I'm, I'll never forget it. It was like it was yesterday. They see the bruises all over my body. And they send me to the principal's office. So they think it's like child abuse. So I tell yeah. the person, I said, hey, no, it's, it's Bo, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I was in spring training and Bo Jackson. T- and the person's looking at me like, yeah, oh, I'm right. a little maniac. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and that's one of the things I cherish the most, just the relationships with some of the people. Kirby Puckett was, oh, man. When I think of Kirby Puckett, I smile. One of my favorites of all time. Alan Trammell. Uh, Tom Kelly was as good a manager as I've ever seen and just the way he treated people. And uh, Cal Ripken Sr. was the scariest guy I've ever seen. I'll give you another quick one. <laughs> um, so during early BP, I'm 9, 10 years old, uh, I used to stand at shortstop. And I love taking ground balls, and I'm the shortstop on my team. And Cal Ripken Sr. calls me over and says, why do you stand at shortstop? And I said, I want to be a shortstop when I grow up. And he looks at me, and I'm shorter, stockier build. He says, you're not going to be a shortstop. I said, really? <laughs> and he, he's like, you're going to be a catcher. He goes, when early BP is over, follow me. So I said, okay. So I'm like, this is great. Maybe he's going to teach me something. <laughs> so we walked down the early BP ends. We walked down the line. He's got a fungo and a bucket of balls. And I've got my glove, and I'm all excited, and I'm blowing bubbles, and I can't wait to see what, what we're going to do. And he goes, okay, throw your glove over. So I take my glove off, throw the glove off. He's getting in a catching position. Getting in a catching position. He goes, okay, I'm going to hit these balls, and you're going to block them with your chest. No pads. Nothing. So he just started taking his fungo and hitting ground balls, and I'm blocking him with my chest, and um, just stories like that, and being around people like that. You'd have to go in for a physical. Oh no, we didn't do that. No, but just I mean, he was one of my, you know, just looking back, he was one of my favorite. I call it characters in the game, and he was one of, and just he wasn't a loud person in my experience. He wasn't the biggest, strongest guy in the world, but man, he had these blue eyes, and when he'd stare Mm -hmm. at you, you'd you'd be terrified stare through your soul oh right? yeah and no. cal and billy you know i they they um two of my favorites growing up and we still when we see each other uh, today we still have a good time talking about old stories in the past but 
So Wow, that's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, we can sit here and listen to stories oh, yeah. all all day about that. Um but uh, I can't I can't help but think about the current team and you know where we are as an organization. We had such a you, you talked about earlier, we had such a, a great season here that none of us expected. We were hoping for that it would turn around at some point in time. But uh this off season being here in the winter meetings, I know that it's a little different, you know, where sure. you guys are, you seem very calculated in what you're wanting to do, but also you know that there's a landscape out there and you alluded to it earlier about that you're trying to figure out that landscape and you're right. trying to figure out very strategically how to do the things necessary to continue to make this team grow and be even more successful. We had 90 wins. Right. We're going for 95. We're going for a hundred. You know, how do we get to that? Cause I, I view us as we're just, we're not at that next level. You know, where we're going to be winning the World Series sure. based on where we are, but we're we're right there. We just need a few things. So do you feel good about where we are and do you guys – you got the right game plan? You never know. <laughs> yeah, do you feel good? I think good is – I think you're always uh, – I live by a saying, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So – and I think Alex is very similar in that sense. Um, you know, we're always looking for ways to improve – we know we have a long ways to go to be a World Series club. I think it starts with leadership, and I think with Terry McGurk up top and obviously Alex, head of the baseball operations department, we're in great shape. Um, and I think that's where that's where it starts. And working with Alex every day, and you guys have had a chance to meet him, the amount of energy, um, the, the knowledge he has for the game, uh, his ability to communicate second to none, his honesty – uh, his integrity. I mean, all those things are are uh, walking in the office. You, you see those things, and you want to emulate those things, those traits. And I think it spreads throughout the office. I think everybody sees it. So I think we're in good shape as an organization. We have a lot of really, really quality people um, from a baseball operations standpoint. We were able to add Mike Fast from the Houston Astros, who's got a unique background, who's you know spending the last four days with him as fit right in, uh, very knowledgeable with a lot of different things uh, in baseball, uh, whether from an R&D research and development standpoint. Um, Jason Perret runs our R&D. He's another outstanding individual, really intelligent, um, brings a lot of different things to the table that um, a lot of us can't do. Um, Alex Tammon, law degree, uh, former lawyer, loves facts and <laughs> presents the facts at all times um just uh, works 24 hours a day very passionate very intelligent so and that's not you know that's not even uh, there's a group of people below that that uh, again there's a common theme of we love to work uh, we love to roll up our sleeves we put together Everybody puts together game plans going into an off season. We did that this off season. You sit down. These are our needs. This is what we like to do, but you have to be able to make adjustments. And um, I think with with this leadership group, we have that ability to make adjustments. Free agent goes off the board. There's a trade that happens, and maybe Plan A is not necessarily set. We can go to Plan B and feel confident about it. We've done the work. We've done the background. So I think we're in really good shape from a big league team standpoint. Being around Snit. You know, Brian Snicker, I mean, he did an unbelievable job with this club, leading this club. Uh, the coaching staff, Walt Weiss, Eric Young, Sal Fasano, Marty Reed, Kevin Seitzer. Uh, I mean, just the whole group, um, you know, the energy, Ron Washington, you know, the energy they brought on a daily basis, their ability to teach and their ability to communicate with players, you know, we're in a really good spot. We're in a really good situation. And I know a lot of the focus goes on players, as it should be. The 25-man run the organization, but I don't want people to lose sight of the people behind the scenes have a huge impact on how those people perform. And the better, the more knowledgeable, the better communicators, the better workers you have in those spots, the better off that 25-man's going to be. And you're going to re- they have a better chance of reaching their potential. So from a player standpoint, I think we're in really good shape. Um, you know, we always weigh the short term and the long term. Um, you know, our goal is to win, as is everybody else in baseball. Uh, but it, we have to be cognizant of the fact that any type of short-term moves we make 
there's a long-term effect and we'd like to compete year in and year out for the foreseeable future and with the setup we have here and the amount of players we have here whether it's veteran players younger players we have that ability and um, you know from a leadership standpoint being around guys like Freddie Freeman who was outstanding I mean I being around him on a daily basis and and just his his will to play you know he loves posting playing takes pride in 162 and that mentality rubs off on other players being around a Tyler Flowers and his thirst for knowledge of the game um, being around just watching guys grow whether it was a Mike Fultonavich last year or a Sean Newcomb go through ups and downs and and I think this organization's in a great spot do we have needs absolutely and those are well documented we could we could upgrade the bullpen we'd love to we could I'd love to upgrade the rotation obviously we have an outfielder need um, but we feel really good about the group we have here and the makeup we have here and the acquisitions we made early in November or, or late November, but early in the off season, uh, we, we went into the off season. We were looking for some impact on the offensive side. We faded in the second half offensively. Uh, Josh Donaldson, one of the premier players in the game, went healthy. Obviously, we have history with him. Uh, we were with him in Toronto and um, aggressively pursued him right out of the gate. And I think he's going to fit in well. And Brian McCann, you guys know better than me. Um, you know, since we've signed him, I've seen a lot more smiles around the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, he's just talking to him the, the, the short amount of time I have. I've been really impressed. His presence, his knowledge, his energy. Uh, you know, and these two guys, you know, they win. They've been part of winning clubs. They've had multiple playoff appearances. Obviously, Brian's been a World Series champion, and we wanted to bring some uh, bring some resumes. You know, we have a lot of young players, and sometimes they need guidance. And who you bring in the clubhouse, especially in today's game and and where we're at as an organization, we really, really, really weigh the makeup aspect of things. And these two guys, they come to play. They're intelligent. They have talent. Um, their presence, their confidence, which I think is a big deal. Some people call it toughness. Um, I think that's going to be a huge bonus to what we had last year. And, uh, again, I think we're in really good shape. This this last three days have been long, grueling. You know, I have felt like I haven't left this suite in three days. <laughs> uh, but it's a nice suite, and we have a yeah. great view, so I don't yeah. mind. Um, but it's been very productive. Uh, we haven't made moves per se, but I think we have a good feel of what's available, how much uh, it's available for, um, what the length is. Um, Based on that, so. is there anything that surprised you that's happened so far this winter from, you know, other teams? No, no. I, I Surprise, not necessarily. We felt like going into the offseason, our division was going to be very aggressive. Um, you know, there's team – I think it's going to be one of the better divisions in baseball. I think it's it's well-run Cubs, top to bottom. Um you know, and we felt like this would be an, a very aggressive offseason from a division standpoint. And I think that's proven true. You know, a lot of the moves that have been made um, have been NLE specific. Um, you know, so, but as far as surprises go, no, not necessarily. Yeah. Well, it, well, two things. First of all, I'm glad you brought up the, the makeup of Brian McCann because the social media and digital side is kind of where, where I work and am sure. focused most of the time. And I thought it was interesting that when you guys signed, uh, BMAC, the it was noticeable the number of Astros players that went public on Twitter and elsewhere to they just wish him well, but also pointing out that some of them were, I mean, were literally tweeting, he is the best teammate I've ever had and the makeup there. And then when we had him on the day that he signed, I mean, hearing it was so interesting to me that, you know, obviously he's, you know, he's catch, he's going to hit. But his big thing that he was wanting to talk about was he, you could tell he was genuinely excited to bring what he's learned up to this point to and work with the pitchers and work with the young pitchers. Uh, with with our team, so I just uh, that to me really stuck out. It's, it's just, yes, you're you're getting a player, but you're getting the the person. You're bringing the person into that environment too, and that that was the big thing with him, right? No doubt, and and, and Donaldson too. I don't absolutely mean to no, no doubt. Right. But I, I think we're very cognizant of the fact that we have a number of young, talented arms, and for this organization to go where we want it to go, we need the majority of those arms to reach their potential. And, um, you know, we had Kurt Suzuki, who was outstanding. We would have loved to have Kurt Suzuki back. 
uh, we were not able to to uh, bring him back. So, you know, we again there goes Plan B and Plan B. Brian McCann and um, he was great. You know, just talking to him, but uh, from a preparation standpoint, talking to him from a motivational standpoint, he already has ideas uh, for each individual pitcher. I know Alex Tamman and 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 Brian sat down and went through our advanced reports and and what we look at, and how we look at it, and what our ways we want to attack hitters and he's just he's all in you know there's i call it all in guys this is an all in guy right so uh, um you know there's different terms all in pile jumper you know is another <laughs> yeah, one I like that one you yeah, know that's what's one. one of my favorite lines you know describe this player he's a pile jumper yeah. brian mccann is he's right there yeah that's well, so. well with you know i think you know, it's 2018 with technology i mean i think everybody you know the front offices you all communicate and probably trade by by text messages nowadays sure. as much as anything but having this experience of the in person the winter meetings does that still help you know, maybe i mean you you just said and we we know what the team's needs are but that in person this meeting up for a few days does it help clarify the landscape of the market a little bit more yeah, or, I, or what does the, the in person you know, really bring to it i think this the feel of the winter meetings uh, being here, the environment, the energy, people are here to, to do work and get things done. And, um, you know, there's a certain buzz to being here. And uh, you don't necessarily have meetings. I mean, when, when, when it's not the winter meetings, you don't necessarily meet at one thirty two in the morning in a suite. Or, you know, you're not getting up from your house, driving to the ballpark and going to meet at 2 in the morning. But because we're in this environment, our environment we're all here to to improve our clubs in any way we can we have opportunities to sit talk a lot of it begins with text and um, then it transfers to phone and then it transfers to meeting uh, that's kind of the, the progression of it face to face I think it helps I think it helps I think there's a lot of uh, to a certain extent it eliminates fluff mm -hmm. you know there's a lot sure. of maybe less gamesmanship you know you're sitting across from the person you could sit there somebody might say something you'd be come on Right. We don't need to go down that route. Let's get get to the point. So <laughs> I think it helps. Um, and, and, again, I think it just from a mentality standpoint, when you prepare for this, and this, this is something that happens, you know, for four days. You There's a there's a preparation – from a preparation standpoint, there takes, it takes time to roll through every player, do the background work, do the makeup work, uh, projections, so on and so forth. This is a – you know, you start in September. You start in even earlier than that maybe July with free agents, um, you know, and, and it leads up to the off season. And this is a, it's a big part of the off season. I thought it was interesting. <clears throat> excuse me. I thought it was interesting as I've hear, heard Alex speak. And now you've talked a little bit about character guys and that we're bringing in. We had the opportunity to, to meet with Greg Maddox today and have him on a, a podcast. And, and I was telling him a couple things that I appreciated about him because even though we're the same age, he had just won his first Cy Young when I made it to the big leagues, and so I was coming up as a rookie. He was somewhat of a veteran. And and some things that I really took from him, even though I was a reliever, he was a starter, but I just pointed out a couple things he probably never knew. Right. But it makes such a big impact talking about Brian, you know, bringing Brian in and, and working with some of the younger pitchers who, you know, we have some pitchers that, are trying to get over the hump you know they're guys that are trying to they're trying to you know break through to another level to where they can bring their game to somewhere and sometimes you need a, a veteran presence that can help them understand a few things that they learned from catching Verlander that they learned from catching Smoltz that they learned you know Brian brings that kind of stuff and and I just know that for me I never even had many conversations with Greg but I got to watch him on a daily basis I got to watch, you know, Steve Bedrosian, Cy Young sure. Award winner. I got to I got to watch Jay Howell, three-time All-Star. I got to watch, you know, Smoltz and Glavin. And just the fact that, that just picking up on how those guys were the best in the game, how they do it, it just took my game to a different level. No doubt. And allowed me. And so I, I like that. And, and that's not always just about talent. That's about work ethic. That's about character. Right. That's about – you know, perspective. 
And so I love it. Of course, you know, being the alumni director, I love it when we're bringing back old guys. Sure. So, you know, we got Johnny back <laughs> and, and, you know, so, I mean, when are we signing Kimbrell? <laughs> um, so that would be my other wish list, you know? <laughs> so we got guys that, um, I'll edit that out, but, but I just think that, you know, we, we have such a rich tradition of winning and that when we identify those guys as winners, that you just want them on your team. Absolutely. And so I love it, and I love talking. And Brian was so excited about being back and yeah. couldn't be happier for Great. him. But So we appreciate what you're doing. And, and I do believe that the vibe that you talk about, being in the front office, you know, Ricky doesn't work for us full time, but he's around with us. He works with the digital media sure. crew and everything. And there, there is a different vibe, and there has been since you guys all came on board. And I love it. I mean, it's just it's just different, and you you feel like that everything's going the right. And then winning last year, or this year, was just a, a big cherry on top. We knew we were going in the right direction, and we felt good about it. So we know you, we're confident you guys will continue to do the right thing. And um, but uh, but it's been it's been fun to watch. For we sure. appreciate it. we appreciate all the support, and again, we appreciate the alumni that that's that's around, and and we are very cognizant of the fact that this organization has gone places where other people haven't gone. And we're very respectful of that. And, um, you know, hopefully we can do our part and and go back to what this was uh, with with John and Bobby running the show. Yeah, and it's it always good to have Skip around. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. He's he's as upbeat as anybody. Yeah, uh, he's great. I mean, he, I sit next to him every game. <laughs> it's the best seat in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the best seat in the house. I've been up there, and John comes oh, up and – He's, you know, John and Bobby, you know, just, again, being around p- people like that, that have done what they've done and act the way they act is just, it, it's mind, it's mind blowing. You know, it's, it's. Well, and there's a little Toronto connection with Bobby. Sure. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of mutual, you know, we never obviously worked together. I didn't know Bobby um, or John until I obviously joined the organization, but there's a lot of mutual friendships that I think helped kind of. Oh, yeah. Speed things up. Yeah, and I will say I played for Bobby Valentine, and uh, that was an experience. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. He was he was either learning Japanese, <laughs> you know, studying oh, yeah. up, or I mean, he was he was very his intellect and yeah. and uh, he was a character. Oh, definitely. So that was definitely a, coming from Bobby, you know, being with the Braves for five years and then going up to the Mets for for three, and. Uh, those were two different managers. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's the beauty of this game. Yeah. You can do things in different ways and still have success. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can still learn from everybody still, along oh, the way. Oh, yeah. 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 I try and I try and take a little piece from a little piece from somebody here, a little piece from somebody there. And, and, and um, when you have opportunities to spend time with those people and speak to those people. And, and I've always felt like that's really helped me develop over the course of my career. Yeah, that's how you get better, right? Absolutely. I tell people all the time, I said, the bad pitching coaches I learned just as much from as the good pitching coaches because there's some things where you have to listen and you have to try to apply it and say, that really doesn't work. That doesn't work for me or I don't really believe in that. And so unless you experience doing that, you, you learn in a different way. And it's, it's, it is valuable, but you have to have good coaches. You got to have good. No doubt. There's something something to be said about winning with good people. You want to win. But when you win with a group you actually enjoy spending time with and rolling up your sleeves with yeah, and that's a it great makes point. it it makes it that much better. It really does. I mean, I, you, it makes it that much better. So, yeah, and to that end just even for for me and the folks with the team that I work with, you know, winning the division this year, it's like I've worked with them for the last few years and we kind of were along for the ride of the, of the rebuild and all that and the first thing when the the game was over was I couldn't wait to see him and give him a hug because it's like, you know, we've yeah. worked together for every day for a few years and we're not on the field or anything close to it, but we're somehow connected. We're in the Absolutely. office and it, it just uh, – when you do go through that with the good people you're working with, it does make it that oh, much sweeter. Yeah. Absolutely. The champagne tastes a lot better. <laughs> it, yeah. it definitely does, yeah. Well, Perry, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Hopefully we'll get you on again as Anytime. the season comes on and we may have some – questions there i'm sure there's something that's going to come up we'd love to have you on again and we hope this is an ongoing thing and and uh it's been a lot of fun so good spend time with you thanks for having so much appreciate it
Our thanks again to Perry Manazian for joining us on uh, on Behind the Braves. That's it was really uh, generous of him to to and Braves media relations folks to give us that much time because those guys are they're always busy, as you heard Perry say. I mean, it's a twenty four hour job, but especially this week here at these meetings, they are ultra ultra busy. So for them to give us that time was was really great. Yeah, and they're all tired. They they knew that they were coming to Las Vegas for a short period of time. They flew in on Sunday when we did. They'll probably fly out tomorrow at some point. But this is a concentrated time that they're working on how to improve their team, how to improve the organization. So they're they're meeting and you know, Perry, I don't I can't remember if he alluded to it or said it on on our interview, but they've been having meetings one in the morning, you know, if something comes up and, and then of course there's moves being made and they're going, they have a plan A and then sometimes they got to shift to plan B and, and, you know, if they need to talk at one in the morning, um, they can do it here because they're all staying right next to each other, you know, whereas in Atlanta, you know, everybody's spread out, but here they came here to work, you know, they're focused on that. And so, you know, they've been talking a lot. We've been having some, they're calling them media scrums, you know, where, where everybody's in the room, and you and I were there yesterday with with Alex, mm-hmm. and where they're just the media are asking questions about what's going on. So they've been having those every day. They've been meeting with you know agents and teams and face to face meetings on the phone. So that doesn't happen in Atlanta, but it's happening here in Las Vegas. It is interesting just wandering around downstairs, like a, like I've been doing a fair amount of that since we've been here. And you just if you just spend all the entire afternoon, the entire day while you're at the baseball winter meetings, just walking back and forth through the lobby, or in this case, the casino, you're just going to see one baseball person after another. There's and that's of all levels. That's whether it could be marketing, could be whatever. But you're going to see we've run into we run into or an eight we run into agents. Just you and I walking through the together, yeah. run into agents, run into former managers. You saw uh, your your former was he single A manager? Yeah, so Grady Little. Yeah, Grady Little. He was uh, Red Sox manager, Dodgers manager, yeah. and he was uh, in the minor leagues with us for a long time. And and uh, we hope to in the future have a, a podcast based on that that nineteen ninety one Durham Bulls team. Yeah. that we had uh, over thirteen guys make it to the big leagues, and Grady Little was our manager, and he made it to the big leagues. So, yeah. so we'll have to have him, him on at yeah, some point. Yeah, saw then. Peter Gammons. Yeah, 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 legend, legend, uh, insider. I've seen all those guys walking around. They're all, they're all. Well, it's it's kind of like me. You know, I was telling you, especially I working in social media. I'm I got this report on my phone. that says I've been looking at my phone about twelve hours a day on average. Yeah. So, was it Christopher Russo from High Heat? Yeah. Saw him. Yeah. I heard him before I saw him. Definitely, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. yeah. Of course you did. Everybody did. The entire strip heard him. I think. Um, but yeah, Walkers have seen Rosenthal, John Heyman, all those guys walking around. They're all just you know on their phones. Yeah. Bob Nightingale. So it's it is interesting. And then you see, I've seen former players, or in some cases, yeah. players that are still trying to be current players that are here, trying to sell themselves, trying to get a job too. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't Burt Blylevin here. Hall of Famer. Bert, I saw Bert, that was our first night. The first, I think that was the first baseball person I saw when I when we walked in here the other night. We saw yeah. Bert Blylevin over there in the casino. Yeah, and I got to say hi to Ned Yost, uh, oh. uh, manager of the Royals and former Braves third base coach and bullpen coach when I was there, and I hadn't seen him in a while. Got to see him. Bobby Cox is here, and you know Snit, and we we've got the we got a big contingency, and all the way mm-hmm. down to retail, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff. We had a huge alumni group here so all the 30 alumni um alumni well i'm a the positions are a little bit different but every team had the person in charge of the alumni we had over uh 20 20 people here for that out of the 30 teams and we had some by conference call we had a big meeting yesterday to talk about you know what's going on in the league and so yeah there's all kinds of stuff going on it is interesting because because you know the fans you hear about the all the stuff that's going on with the big league side and the signings and trades and talks and rumors and all that but then there's the whole other whole other parts of the industry that are here i mean the entire minor league baseball industry is is here and there's the job fair and the presentations the trade shows all of that stuff the promotional stuff all of that's going on it's all happening in here in this one one it's a giant building and giant space, but in a way, it feels it feels like it's just we're all in one little kind of fishbowl there to wandering around. It's really interesting. A lot you know? of slot machines. There are any and every kind of slot machine that you want to try to find. That's why I saw Corey McCartney from uh, Fox Sports South. Yeah. He was tweeting this morning about the most, uh, I can't remember if it was most bizarre or weirdest themed slot yeah. machines that he's found since he's been here so far. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There was he had Dolly the Dolly Parton. 
was on there. There's usually a Big Game Bang of Thrones. Theory. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I, yeah, I'm not sure. That might have made his list. James uh, Bond. Yeah, that was on there. Well, the the most popular, that Wheel of Fortune one is the one oh, every yeah. single casino has. I on. almost got sucked into the James Bond one. Did you? Because I have not put any money into, I've not played blackjack, I've not done anything. But when I saw the James Bond one, I almost got sucked into doing it, but I, I didn't do that yet. So As of today, and I've still got one more night here, I'm two dollars up. Oh wow! That's Just good. on the gambling side, I'm yeah. two dollars up. Now that doesn't count the food and the drinks and stuff. So they believe me. Vegas is they've they've gotten their money yeah, out of I'm me. I'm down on the food. Yeah, the desserts have gotten me. Yeah. Well, it's it's anything worth doing is worth doing right, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know who else is in Vegas? A little sneak peek for our next episode of of Behind the Braves. Well, unless unless a, a unless something pops up, unless there's you know a move happens and we end up recording something between now and the next episode, which will probably be. Uh, around Christmas or shortly thereafter. A little former Braves name that some people might know who lives here in Las Vegas, uh, Greg Maddox. We actually, he was kind enough, had us out to his house this morning. You've been playing golf with him the last couple of days. And then he was kind enough to host us. Don't be saying that. Don't Don't be saying that? No, I'm I'm working. Oh, you were? Playing golf. Well, no, you were networking. That's oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's you're true. networking. Yeah. I had to entertain him. Yeah, that, yeah. That was buttering him up for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. Yeah, he <laughs> had us out and had us had us had us out. So uh, I think you uh, that we had a great conversation yeah. with him. I think uh, y'all yeah. are going to really enjoy hearing from Greg Maddox. Yep. Yeah, I got to got to see his lovely wife Kathy, and um, yeah, it, it was fun just seeing where he hangs out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I you know, of course, I've known him for a long time and, and been a teammate, but I've never spent any time in Las Vegas with him and got to play his course and go to his house and and uh just hang out with it was just a fun we we probably never hung out that much together just because of the distance and him living here and me living in atlanta but that was a great time i think everybody will enjoy that i think they will and thank you all as always for tuning in if you haven't already done so please rate review subscribe behind the braves on itunes wherever you get your podcast Castbox, stitcher there's there's all kinds of outlets out there so wherever they are just uh Make sure you've you've subscribed, and uh, as always, thank you very much, and we will see you next time behind the Braves. For Greg McMichael, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com. See you next time. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.